Jesse Kelly show. Let's have some fun. I don't know that I will make it through the entire show tonight. I don't know if I'll make it through the next five minutes. I give you my word. I will go for as long as I possibly can and do the best show humanly possible. But I am only a man. I took a nap right before this show. Don't shake your head, Chris. And I woke up. And I have this huge mosquito bite right down, right close to my ankle. And it must have been the size of a pterodactyl with the size of this mosquito bite. And I look, I don't know if I can do a show like this. I don't know. No promises. I'll try. But we've got Mark Milley getting embarrassed in front of the House of Representatives today. Matt Gates just destroyed Mark Milley and Secretary Austin. And it was awesome. <laughs> we have... Terry McAuliffe in Virginia saying the quiet part out loud. That's one of the great parts of this era is how bold the communists have been to just come right out and say it. Chris, you had that Terry McAuliffe thing. I love this. Also take them off the shelves. And I'm not going to let parents come into schools and actually take books out and make their own decisions. You vetoed it. So, yeah, I stopped the bill that I don't think parents should be telling schools what they should teach. Just come right out and say it, Terry. (laughs) Probably not the best electoral strategy in the world. We have, yes, fan favorite Michael Malice, that weirdo anarchist coming up in about an hour and a half. I'm sure we'll argue about something as we always do. And trouble on the horizon for the prison system. All that and much, much more tonight on the world famous Jesse Kelly Show. It's going to be a blast. That is for certain. Now, let's begin with the big thing. What's going on right now? Well, Millie, remember, Millie is chairman of the Joint Chiefs. Austin, that's Lloyd Austin. He's the Secretary of Defense. Those are the two big military head honchos in America. Numero uno and numero two. What, Chris? I didn't take Spanish for that long, okay? Anyway, these are the two big military guys in the country. They got called before the Senate yesterday to get asked some tough questions. And look, I'll be honest. I don't, I don't want to be a hypocrite here or any more of one than I already am. In general, I don't really care about these Senate hearings. I don't care about the House hearings. Not because I don't think they're valuable. I mean, I like it that these generals get embarrassed, that the losers get embarrassed in front of everybody. I just don't think the senators and representatives – are actually going to do anything ever. They use these things for these great little 15-second sound bites that they then fundraise off of, but they don't do anything. We call that Lindsey Gramming, where you sound really, really good and like a fire and brimstone guy, but you never actually do anything. So in general, I don't like these, but because he was echoing my sentiments... I do appreciate what Matt Gates said, and I'll play that for you in a second. But allow me to say this. We talked about this briefly again last night. I'm going to talk about it again tonight. What kind of military do you think we have? Do you think it's a good one? Do you think it's the best in the world? That would be the normal American sentiment. And I'll be honest with you, if you were to pull out a piece of paper... And just start comparing you know, notes on what this country has and what this country has. 
Yeah, it doesn't look like it's anywhere close. Oh, we have this many aircraft carriers, and they have that many. We have this many nukes, and they have that many, and we have this many planes. I mean, look, on paper, oh, man, it's us all the way. But let me ask you something. If I came to you and I told you that I was the greatest pitcher ever, I'm a baseball player and I'm a pitcher, and I'm the best pitcher ever, There's nobody better than me. I'm the greatest. And you look on paper and, man, alive. It does look, wow, he does have a faster fastball than everyone else. Man, this guy, it is really impressive. But my record is 5-25. and Am I the greatest pitcher ever? Look, we, we have to deal in reality. And we have to deal with reality in a way that's going to allow us to attack the problem. I know the men on the front lines are good. I'm, I'm not doubting our infantry guys, our special operations guys, our pilots are incredible. I, I get all that. All that I get it. Totally gravy. Is our military good? Because if you say to me our military is good, I would like to know where the W's are. No, no, no. I know you've got a great fastball. I, I get it. I get your fastball. I see the aircraft carriers. They are beautiful. Really cool. Oh, yeah. Nuclear weapons. That's awesome. Cool. Good stuff. I mean, not if you're Japan, but for everyone else, it's good stuff. What, Chris? It's fine. But where are my W's? I have to go back to 1945? That's the last time I can find a W? Okay, what if I give you Korea? Because I think it's unfair people gloss over Korea. I mean, we did what we were put there to do. But 1945? Where are my W's? And I was thinking about this. Because you know what a history freak I am. And I understand that you probably have at least some level of appreciation for history. Especially the longer time listeners of the Jesse Kelly Show. Who bother me every day with these emails asking for more history podcasts. I told you they're coming. I'm kidding. I love that you love it. I can't wait to start doing it again. The history's coming back. Don't worry. But I know you have some appreciation for history. I get it. I'm obsessed with it. As you know, I'm a big history dork. Um, Have you seen how generals are treated historically? Not just in America, but look, we could just do America. But I'm talking every nation where we talk about major conflicts and such. What's it like for generals? Because historically, generals get fired all the time. All the time. Generals resign or quit all the time in shame. Historically, putting a failed general on trial is not that uncommon. And I don't mean on trial for treason or something like that. I mean, you're such an idiot You lost us this battle, we'll put you on trial. They executed generals. It was not uncommon in the past. Generals killing themselves out of shame, not in any way uncommon. In fact, oftentimes, very common throughout history. No, I don't want anyone killing themselves. That's not what I'm saying. But look, everyone from Rome to Japan, this was the norm. You just lost a big conflict you would either fall on your sword or have your slave, slave chop your head off for you. That, this was the norm. This is what, what they did. I don't think we caught very many Japanese commanders in World War II. It was simply the norm. You would either do the, the seppuku thing, which I'm not going to elaborate for you. It involves carving your guts out. Or 
shoot yourself in the head. Okay, well, I don't want anyone shooting themselves in the head or carving their guts out here, but let me ask you something. When is the last time you saw a general in the United States of America be fired for his battle or wartime incompetence? Oh, don't get me wrong. I know you've seen him get fired for criticizing a Democrat. You can never do that. When's the last time you saw one get fired for his battlefield or wartime incompetence? When's the last time you saw a general resign because he has embarrassed himself and his country with his conduct? When is it? When is it? No, I don't think we should be putting him on trial necessarily. Now, Millie should absolutely go on trial for that China nonsense. I don't think we should be putting them on trial. But when is the last time you saw it? Have you ever seen it in your lifetime? Oh, it happened. I I get back in the day, back when we used to, what's that word? Win wars. Oh, it happened all the time in 1945 when we won wars. Today, they don't even act sorry. Today, they stand in front of Congress and they just sit and defend themselves no matter what. Uh, General McKenzie, uh Isn't it true that the president rejected your best military opinion and advice as to how quickly to withdraw American troops from Afghanistan? Well, I will say this. It has been my view that we should have that we that I recommended a level of 2,500, a level that would have allowed us to hold Bagram and other airfields as well. Once you go below that level and make a decision to go to zero, it is no longer feasible to hold Bagram. But that was your best opinion and advice. That was that remains my view now as it was then okay we just had 13 marines incinerated out front of an airport in kabul where are the resignations where are the apologies because remember those 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 troops did not have to die they died because we shut down bagram and then stuck them inside of death valley outside of an airport a place that you could not possibly control they died because of millie Because of Austin, of course, because of Joe Biden, because of the State Department. Those 13 warriors are never coming home. Not one resignation. Not even not one resignation. Not one person has even half-heartedly said, ooh, that's kind of on me. Nobody. I'm not done on this. Hang on. I love pure talk. And it's not, look, when I tell you about Pure Talk and how incredible their cell coverage is and how their CEO is a Vietnam veteran, they actually love this country, and how their customer service is based here in the U.S., I love all those things, but I'm a bit cheap. I love the bill. (laughs) I love the bill. Look, I've had Verizon, I've had ATT, and the most recent one I had was T Mobile. I remember very well what my monthly bill was. It ain't that with Pure Talk. The average family saves over $800 a year with Pure Talk. I love these guys, and it's so nice to talk to an American when you call in. Right now, go make the change. They make it so easy. Keep your phone. Keep your number. From your cell phone, dial pound 250 and say Jesse Kelly, and you'll save 50% off your first month. That's pound 250, say Jesse Kelly. You'll have the option to receive a one-time auto-dialed text message from Pure Talk. Miss something? There's a podcast. Get it on demand wherever podcasts are found. The Jesse Kelly Show. Are you the answer? 
It is the Jesse Kelly Show, and I'm going to get to the new CDC stuff with gun control. Why would the CDC be worried about gun control? Oh, you should have saw this coming. I sure did. I'll get to that in just a little bit. But back to what we were talking about. Millie, Austin, McKenzie, and I'm just singling those guys out because they're the ones who were there now. But all of them, we've been in Afghanistan for 20 years. We're still in Iraq. Failure after failure after failure after failure. Where are the resignations? Where are the apologies? Where are the people stepping up like successful nations do and saying, I didn't do this right? Where are the firings? You, you're fired. Why? Because you suck. That's why. Because you screwed it up. I mean, you, you, I understand that in this touchy-feely world, we're not supposed to talk like that, but it's really, really, really important to fire people who suck. It's important for the entire company. It really is. Everyone knows this. Are you sure you have a good military? Are you 100% sure? I mean, this is a long cut. I'm going to play you from Matt Gates. I know, You know I don't play audio that long. I don't play that much audio, mostly because I'm in love with the sound of my own voice. So this is about a minute and a half long. I don't normally play it that long, but where's Matt Gates wrong with any of this? But, you know, when, when people in the military, like Lieutenant Colonel Stuart Scheller, stand up and demand accountability... When they say that you all screwed up, when they point out that General Milley's statement that the Tal- you know, that, that the government of Afghanistan is not going to get defeated by the Taliban, well, he ends up in the brig, and you all end up in front of us, and your former employer Raytheon ends up with a lot of money, and we have poured cash and blood and credibility into a Ghani government that was a mirage. It fell immediately. And while the guy sitting next to you was off, you know, talking to Phil Rucker and was off doing his thing with Bob Woodward. We were buying into the big lie, the big lie that this, that this was ever going to be successful and that we could ever rely on the Afghanistan government for anything at all. You know, General Milley, you kind of gave up the game earlier when you said you wanted to address elements of your personal conduct that were in question. We're not questioning your personal conduct. We're questioning in your official capacity going and undermining the chain of command, which is obviously what you did. You, you've created this whole chain, did not of, undermine the chain of command in, in yeah, the manner you did. they performed. You absolutely Sorry. did. And it, did not. Well, you know what? You said yesterday that you weren't going to resign when senators asked you this question. And I believe that you guys probably won't resign. You seem to be very happy failing up over there. But if we didn't have a president that was so addled, you all would be fired because that is what you deserve. You have let down the people who wear the uniform in my district and all around this country. And you're far more interested in what your perception is and how people think about you in insider Washington books than you care about winning. Gentlemen's this time has expired. Of doing. Where was he wrong with any of that? And I, I, you know the part I love the most? Failing up. Again, we've talked about this. Forget about resignations and shame and I quit and you're fired. These guys, the losers who have led us to loss after loss after loss after loss, these guys live like kings. You understand what life is like for a general, right? I want you to have some understanding of of what life is like for a general, especially a general when you get to this level. Well, look, I'll tell you, look, here's a brief story. I was stationed in 29 Palms, 29 Palms, California. 
Uh, in case you're wondering where that is, don't ever go there. It's not nearly as nice as it sounds. It's right in the middle of the Mojave Desert. Somehow I joined the Marine Corps and spent almost all of my time in the middle of various deserts around the world. But we're not going to talk about that right now. There's no lingering bitterness. <laughs> but I was in 29 Palms, California. It is not a good place to put it mildly. Look, it's, it's a big training facility. It's the Marine Corps. I don't mean to complain. It, it, it's supposed to be rough. I really, I'm just joking. It's supposed to be rough. But there were a couple parts of it that were really nice. I mean, gosh, you, you have this horrible base and crappy housing and crappy environment and everything sucks. And then, oh, you came across this gorgeous home with this perfectly manicured lawn. And about $150,000 RV sitting in the driveway, brand new vehicles. And you know who that house belonged to? That was the house given to the commanding general just of 29 palms. Now, again, I, he doesn't get to keep it when he's no longer commanding general. He has to move out. But that's 29 palms. The Marine Corps is the, the, wor- the least funded of the branches. That's their miserable base that's only used really for training. Do you have any idea what kind of a life guys like General Milley live? It's gorgeous home after gorgeous home. They all have a staff. They have drivers. Milley probably doesn't even know how to drive a car anymore. They have secretaries. They have assistants. They fly either privately oftentimes, or if not, it's always first class. When General Milley has to travel around the world, and he does very often, believe me when I tell you, he's on a private plane, he's eating steak dinners, not on him, he's staying at five-star resorts. As soon as he takes breaks from being a general, and probably while he is one, he ducks out for a little while, and he goes and consults with the defense industry. Makes another mill a year. When he's done doing that, maybe come back, be a general some more, retire after 30 years in. There's a reason there's no rush for them to retire, I I should know. There's nobody yelling at them anymore. They're just living like gods, frankly. And then when they retire, maybe they'll go back. You know what? Maybe (sighs) Harvard wants me. Honey, Harvard wants me to come speak next month. I don't really want to, but they're going to pay me $100,000 for a half-hour speech. I guess I should go, right? I'm not being tongue-in-cheek. That's the life these guys live. And that's the life these guys live having never won a war. Having never won a war. Failing up? Man, that's putting it mildly. Failing up. I have one more piece of Milly audio in. Yeah, you're going to want to hang on for this one. Hang on. It is the Jesse Kelly Show coming up an hour from now. Fan favorite Michael Malice and I will argue about something. I don't even know what we're going to argue about, but it'll be something because he's an anarchist and there's such weird people anyway. We might as well just have this discussion. And yes, you're allowed to make phone calls tonight. No, no phone suspensions. Now, I can tell we're flirting with a suspension tonight. For some reason, I feel like it's out there. What, Chris? Is there something in the air? I'm gonna answer. The, I'm gonna answer a couple calls, and it's gonna be hi, Jesse. How are you, Jesse? And that's just gonna be. I'm just gonna lose my mind. 
But 877-377-4373, that's the phone number. You're also welcome, remember, to email the show, jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Your love, your hate, your death threats, your Ask Dr. Jesse questions, they are all welcome right there. Could they all your emails go to Chris? He prints them out for me. I read them all. I'm not going to respond. One, because I'm rude, and two, because I get too many. But Millie, he was asked today also about the whole China thing. When, when I say the whole China thing, I want to make sure everyone understands exactly what I'm talking about. Millie, uh, under President Donald Trump, under President Donald Trump, he communicated with his Chinese counterpart, the Chinese chief of staff, basically, and told him, I'm going to give you a heads up before we attack. Now, let's pause for just a brief moment for a couple of things on this. One, that's so odd to think Donald Trump was going to attack a foreign adversary. Whatever else you think about Trump, he was the most non-interventionist president we've had in a long time. The only person in Washington who's invaded China is Eric Swalwell. So that part of it is very, very, very odd. Another part of it, you told your Chinese counterpart you were going to give him a heads up before we attacked? And he's never even denied this, let alone resigned in shame. He was asked about it today, and this is what he had to say. Speaker of the House Pelosi called me to inquire about the president's ability to launch nuclear weapons. She was concerned and made very or made various personal references characterizing the president. I explained to her that the president is the sole nuclear launch authority and he doesn't launch them alone and that I am not qualified to determine the mental health of the president of the United States. There are processes, protocols, and procedures in place, and I repeatedly assured her that there is no chance of an illegal, unauthorized, or accidental launch. By presidential directive and secretary of defense directives, the chairman is part of the process to ensure the president is fully informed when determining the use of the world's deadliest weapons. Did he just try to blame Nancy Pelosi? Because, I, I, look, Chris, did I hear that wrong? What I heard was him trying to blame Nancy Pelosi. And again, it's not as if I'm the biggest Nancy Pelosi fan. Uh, actually, I take that back. Everyone knows I am the biggest Nancy Pelosi fan. Did you hear Did you hear what Nancy Pelosi said? I love her. She's just such a nasty hag. She's the best. Why get mad at members? Why twist the arms of moderates if, if, if this is not going to move anywhere? What are you talking about? We have a responsibility to uphold. <laughs> I love her. All right, so it's I'm sorry. So I am the biggest Nancy Pelosi fan, but I'm not defending her. But Millie, the question was about you. We're talking to you, some supposed man of honor, some supposed man of integrity, general with all your ribbons and medals on your chest. You, you did this. What do you have to say for yourself? Ah, it was ah, it was Nancy Pelosi's fault. You sound like one of my kids when they were five. Where are the leaders? Are you sure we have a good military? I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure at all. I look around and I think to myself, okay, what would, what would happen if we had a major war? 
What would happen? You know what? Let's set China aside because that's the obvious one. They're the one probably close to being closest to being equal to us, you know, as far as planes and trains and automobiles type thing. Let's call it Russia. Now, Russia is a significant power, but they're on paper nowhere even close to us, not even in the same league as us. Technologically, they're really good, but I mean, Russia's always going to be Russia. Good tip of the spear stuff, really, really good space program. They're excellent with rockets, but they don't have enough guys. They don't have enough of the bigger equipment. They got some good stuff, but... Are you 100% sure we could win a war with Russia? I understand on paper we could. What do you think General Milley would be worried about? Would it be depending on who the president is? But what if Milley did, what if it's a Republican president and Milley doesn't want any nasty articles about him in the Washington Post and so the chairman of the Joint Chiefs decides he's going to undermine the president and report on his sayings to the Russians? What if Milley was told, okay, you have to go take this objective, and what if Milley or the other generals said, okay, but we don't have enough women in these units. Women aren't equally represented. I don't think we can do Do you see what I'm saying? And you think that's out of the realm of possibility? It's happening as we speak. As we speak. We have a United States Navy that has gone into the absolute toilet since we have integrated women onto deployed naval vessels. No, I don't care about your complaints. I'm an offensive human being. Men and women, especially young men and women, should not be packed together on a naval vessel for six months at a time. You, It turns into the love boat, and then it turns into drama. And the stories I hear from my Navy buddies, whoo boy. It's the kind of thing you can't talk about in front of your kids. I'll put it to you that way. It's been a disaster. And nobody in the country is even slightly interested in reversing it. It's been a disaster. That's not anti-women. It's not anti-men. Young women and young men are not supposed to be bunking up next to each other. Not for six months at a time. No one wants to talk about that. Are you sure? In fact, I actually applaud her. There was a young female naval sailor came out recently and said, a black girl too, came out and said, all this critical race theory stuff they're pushing on us, uh, we're all going to be bleeding the same color if we get our ship cut in half by a Chinese missile. And you know that's what that looks like, right? It's so easy now for us to have these conversations, and it's just a conversation. And we're just talking back and forth here. What it looks like, what it looks like is a naval ship not posting an appropriate lookout and ending up at the bottom of the ocean with 2,000 sailors on board dying in the ocean in the middle of the night. It looks like losing a war. We have got to figure this out. And I'm going to move off the military stuff because we have so much of this vaccine stuff to get to and and school stuff to get to and this gigantic bill that's not failing but maybe failing. There's two different bills. We're going to separate some of that out for you because there's a lot of confusion out there right now. But it's bad. It's really bad. Now, why is Nancy Pelosi getting testy? Well, here's why Nancy Pelosi is getting testy. She is always billed as a tyrant, really, but somebody who gets things done. She wins when she gets in these competitions with Republicans, mainly because she has a bigger set than they do, but she wins, and she's able to control her caucus. 
for the most part. And remember, it's tough to control a bunch of different Democrats. It is. It's very, very tough because the modern ones, the younger ones, they're full-blown communists now. And Nancy Pelosi has to keep them on board, but keep the people who might lose in re-election on board. It's a tough, tough thing. Well, they are really facing a tough predicament at this point in time. What is that predicament? I will explain to you and take your phone calls next. Missed out? Catch up. JesseKellyShow.com It is the Jesse Kelly Show, and, and we, it is time to dig into more good news. We hit on it briefly last night, but more good news. You heard earlier, I played it for you just a second ago, Nancy Pelosi getting a little testy with people. Why get mad at members? Why twist the arms of moderates if, if, if this is not going to move anywhere? What are you talking about? We have a <laughs> so what's happening? Why is Nancy Pelosi snapping at some poor little low testosterone DT, DC reporter who's probably crying in his pillow right now as we sleep, as, as we speak? His my kitty pillow, I'm sure. Why is she doing this? What's what's going on right now? Well, here's what's going on. There are two different bills. They're trying to pass right now. These are only Democrats are trying to pass them, I should add. Yes, you're going to have a few loser Republicans in the House, but for the most part, these will be Democrat bills. Remember, Democrats have majorities in the House and majority in the Senate, but not huge majority, all right? Not huge majority. Pretty close. What's, what's the political situation? What are you looking at? Well, two different bills. One is $1.2 trillion. That's an infrastructure bill. The other is $3.5 trillion. That is, well, let's just call it a hell on earth bill. All right, that'll be the best way that I can explain it. They're calling it the Build Back Better bill. We're going to set that aside for a moment. Nancy Pelosi and Joe Biden have an issue. They need to get these bills passed. They're not stupid. Okay, wait a minute. I'm going to take that back. Nancy Pelosi is not stupid. Nancy Pelosi has been in this game Since Thomas Jefferson was sworn into the White House, Nancy Pelosi understands there are no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Democrats are going to get slaughtered at the midterms. She is not going to be Speaker of the House after 2022. She is not. She knows this. She knows this. And I need to clarify something. It's just a matter of how bad the slaughtering is. Historically, this is the same applies for both parties. If, so, if one party holds the House, Senate, and presidency, they will lose the House of Representatives during the midterms. This is the norm in American history. It happened for Republicans. It happened for Democrats. Donald Trump, when he was sworn in as president, had the House, Senate, presidency, obviously, lost the House in the midterms. Before him, it was Barack Obama, had the presidency, House, and Senate, lost the House in the midterms. The question is... How bad is the slaughtering? Is the slaughtering so bad it costs you the Senate too? Is the slaughtering so bad you give the Republicans a borderline supermajority in the House? How bad is the slaughtering? Well, Nancy Pelosi knows that's coming. She will give up the gavel. She will no longer be Speaker of the House after the midterm. She knows. And Joe Biden knows his days as president are numbered, or at least the people around him. 
They are numbered. He is not a functional adult. He can't do this. We have a person suffering from severe either senality or dementia or Alzheimer's, and I'm not making light of those things. I've experienced it with those things, and I'm telling you, people who go through that, they need care. They need rest and care. When you talk to somebody going through dementia, it's it's not only brutal on family and friends around them. You know, I mean, imagine your dad doesn't doesn't remember who you are. Right? It's one of those nightmare scenarios. No one wants to go through that, right? So it's not just that. It's really, really, really hard on the patient too, on the person going through it. They get nasty. They get stressed out. It's really tough. So part of their environment, part of their care is they try to de-stress them big time, big time. Get them in a stress-free, relaxed environment. Get them calmed down because it makes everything worse. Why am I talking about this? Well, we've taken somebody who's suffering from this and we've put him in the most stressful job on planet Earth. It's going to destroy him. I hope it doesn't kill him. I'm worried it is going to kill him. I hope it doesn't kill him. But at some point in time, he's going to have to, he's going to, have to tap out and say, I, I've got to go. Or maybe that wife of his who's enabling all this, maybe she should actually step in and be a wife and say, uh, I think we're going to end the elder abuse and I'm going to give up being first lady and we're going to go down to Florida and golf for a little while. But Joe Biden's not going to be there long term. His presidency, by any measure, left, right, center, I don't care who you are, by any measure, Joe Biden's presidency has been a horrific disaster from start to finish. Economically, militarily, the border-wise, it has been scandal after scandal after scandal. It's really bad. So he needs a win. Nancy Pelosi needs a win. What is a win to them? It's not necessarily passing the $1.2 trillion infrastructure bill. They're probably going to get that one passed. A win for them means passing the $3.5 trillion hell on earth bill. What is in this bill? I don't even know nearly all the specifics at this point in time, but we're talking everything they've ever wanted. I mean, amnesty, critical race theory nonsense, massive tax increases. I'm talking about a tax per mile on you and how you drive. It's so bad. In this bill, in this bill, The IRS will track every bank transaction over $600, a historic invasion of privacy. This $3.5 trillion bill, it is probably one you should be a little bit worried about. It is really, really, really bad. And it's their only chance. Joe Biden and Nancy Pelosi, think of them like like a team right now working together. Not that they're close, but they are a team right now. It's their only chance to get anything passed. So they did, and in my opinion, they did something I thought it was very, very smart. They just took everything they ever wanted and they knew they had one shot to pass anything and they threw it all in one bill. That's why it's so huge. That's why it's $3.5 trillion. Just get it all in there, everything. It doesn't matter. Tax increases, stuff it all in there. Well, it was smart to put it all in one bill. But there was a problem. You see, let me pause this for a moment. You want to know one of the things I try to teach my sons? I fail, but they're learning. They're getting better. They're getting older. One of the things I try to teach my sons is timing. 
reading the temperature of the room and timing. Timing is everything. If mom has had a stressful day and you can tell this, it's probably not the best time to say, I don't feel like eating your dinner tonight. It's got too much salt. Sit there, shut up and eat your dinner. Timing. The Democrats, Nancy Pelosi and Joe Biden, they messed up the timing badly. I'll explain in just a second. It is the Jesse Kelly Show on a Wednesday. We're 30 minutes away from Michael Malice coming on the show. The weird anarchist who's going to argue with me about something. Who knows what it is? But back to what we were talking about in case you missed it. And yes, I will actually get to your phone calls here in a second. 877-377-4373. 877-377-4373. Timing. What we were talking about is they have these two bills, Democrats do, Pelosi and Biden. They have to get them passed. They have to get them passed now, right now. They don't have the they don't they don't have time. They're going to lose in the midterms. There's just not enough time. But timing is everything. I brought up my sons. I watched my youngest son do it the other day. We were up. We're making breakfast for him. I'm making him smegs and the wife because we have slightly different food tastes. I'm making scrambled eggs right with salt and pepper and butter. The wife decides she's going to make them sweet potato things. And sweet potatoes are wretched filth. Everybody knows this. So she's pouring her heart and soul into it, right? She wants them to like it. You can tell she wants them to like it. You don't have to be a genius to figure out she wants them to like it. Pours the sweet potato fries on, or, or the little, I don't know, nuggets, sweet potato nuggets, whatever they were, on a plate. I pour the scrambled eggs on the plate. The boys start digging into the scrambled eggs. They're devouring the scrambled eggs. Youngest son is not touching the fries, not touching the sweet potatoes at all. Okay, this is bad enough. She's telling him, try them. I want you to try them. I made these for you. You know what this is like. Not only does he not try them, he eventually walks over after he tries them and starts spitting into the sink, not only saying I hate them, but making a big old show of how gross they are. Of course, he gets yelled at for it, and I I pulled him aside on the way to school and said, what is wrong with you? Timing, man, timing. Timing is it. If you want to tell her a few hours later when you get home from school, Mom, I really, to be honest, didn't like your fries. That's totally fine. Pick a good moment and tell her. Don't tell her when she's sitting there staring at you, bro. Nancy Pelosi and Joe Biden screwed up the timing. Joe Biden got elected president of the United States, and he got sworn in January 1st. I think it was January 1st, whatever, beginning of January. He got sworn in. He's president of the United States. If you wanted to pass a massive bill, you should have done it before he was given the opportunity to screw everything up. Because everything now is political. Why aren't they, as of right now, and I don't know, I don't know whether this $3.5 trillion hell on earth bill is going to pass or not. If it doesn't pass, it'll be because of the senator from West Virginia, Joe Manchin, 
or the senator, kind of hot, we should point out, from Arizona, Kristen Cinema. Why aren't they getting on board? Is it because they actually oppose any of the spending or nutso things in there? No, of course not. They're not getting on board because Joe Biden has screwed up so much, he's become toxic. And Kristen Cinema, we'll just use her as an example. Kristen Cinema, she's no idiot. Don't don't buy the hot bimbo routine. Kristen Cinema is a very savvy, very savvy politician. She's about to have to run for Senate again in Arizona. Arizona is a purple state at best. They will hang her out to dry in that state if she's going to vote for all the horrible stuff in this bill. And they'll hang her out to dry in that state if she's seen as being Joe Biden's puppet. Joe Biden is no longer popular enough to cause Democrats to want to cling to his side. We've talked about this before. Who's the most popular Republican in America? By a mile, it's Donald Trump. I don't care whether you hate him. That's just a fact. He's the most popular one in the country. He's so popular still with the Republican Party that he steps into primaries now. He endorses candidates, and they win their primaries all the time. The Trump candidate wins the primaries. That's why there's a line outside of his place down there in Florida. They're just waiting to get in. Can I speak to the president? They want to get in because you get endorsed by Donald Trump. You win your primary. There's no line outside of Joe Biden's office right now. Joe Biden's approval numbers are in the 40s. It's hard now to wrangle in the votes you have to get to pass this bill because you waited too long. Joe is toxic now. Joe is toxic now. You waited too long and screwed the whole thing up. All right, we'll take a couple quick phone calls here. 877-377-4373. Let's go first to Janice in Mississippi just because I love her accent. Go, Janice. Janice? This sounds like it's ours, Chris. I bet bet you we're screwing something up. Let's try this. Kathleen in Riverhead, New York. Kathleen, go. Yeah, this is ours. Stay right there, Kathleen. This is something wrong with our system. So, never mind. Phone calls are done. (laughs) We'll come back to phone calls in a little bit. Apparently, something screwed up on our end. But timing, timing, timing is everything. And it's hard. Look, it's hard to teach it to people. A a lot of people, the grown adults don't have it. They just do not have it. They're not able to do it. I used to, you know, I used to sell RVs, right? I've told you this story before. Everyone knows this story. When I quit doing the political thing in D.C., I'd moved to D.C. for a year, got involved in politics there, hated it, quit my job, moved to Texas with no job. Well, I couldn't find a job, so I found a job on a job advertisement on Craigslist selling RVs. Selling RVs it sucks, but it was kind of fun. I mean, I did. I'd never saw anything before. I thought to myself, "Wow, this really sucks." It's kind of fun. I'd never done it before. But I worked with one of these guys selling RVs, and he just he couldn't do it. Ended up getting fired after about four or five months. Everything he said timing-wise was wrong. He just had no timing. When the customer needed something calming said to them, he'd say something more stressful. He just one of the people in life, you've met these people before that have no sense of timing. Timing is everything. Nancy Pelosi, as savvy as she is, she screwed up the timing of all this. 
Now you have Joe Biden. The country's mad about Afghanistan. They're mad about the border. They're mad about the COVID nonsense. The country's mad. He just doesn't have the political juice. They call it political capital to pull this off. All right. Now, let's have a chat, shall we? I got this email. And I know you've been seeing the numbers out there about the firings that are either happening as we speak or about to happen. And it's really, really, really terrible, right? Let's talk about this. This is an email I got. I He, he asked me not to share his name for obvious reasons. I can't share his name. I'll end up getting him fired. But then he put way too many details about himself in here So I actually, sorry, you're going to know this is your email. I edited it, well, Chris edited it, a little bit further to make sure you are further protected. All right, so we had to do what we could to protect this guy's identity. And I'll always do the same for you. As you know the rules, you email jesse at jessekellyshow.com. I will never reveal your identity unless you specifically tell me to. Even the death threats. I don't give that stuff out. I'm the last private person in the United States of America. But here's what he had to say. Dear... Field Marshal of Freedom, I'm writing to fill you in on what is going on in the Federal Bureau of Prisons. We have 115 federal prisons nationwide. Currently, the Bureau has about 33,000 employees. I've been a correctional officer for 19 years. We fall under the DOJ and, as a result, the executive branch. We're being told we will lose our jobs if we don't get vaccinated. Funny thing is that the vaccine mandate is not being imposed on the inmates. This further demonstrates what you've said all along. They don't care about COVID. By the way, I'm not seeking advice. My mind is made up. They will have to fire me and many other corrections officers come November. Good luck running an already severely understaffed maximum security prison with 30 to 40% less officers. Keep up the great work. God bless. And shut up, Chris. Don't read my name and keep me in mind for a bodyguard job when you are the biggest celebrity on the planet and I get fired for standing my ground. One, I applaud you. I applaud your courage. Two, how unjust is that? How criminally unjust is have you seen? Have you seen the numbers out today? Some of the numbers of the different industries and the different states people who are losing their jobs. Doesn't it seem like it was yesterday and Democrats were telling you, I'm never taking the Trump vaccine. That's right. You take your Trump vaccine and, and shove it. I'm not taking the Trump vaccine. How quickly we went from that to take this now or you're fired. How gross is all this? You know what? I have a little montage. I'm going to play you here in just a second, but first. Husband and wife driving home from dinner. They stop at a red light, like you do, and wham, suddenly you're surrounded by an angry mob. They force open the driver's side door and attempt to drag the husband from the car, but by the grace of God, he reached for his Hero 2020 non-lethal gun. Pop, pop, shoots his attacker twice in the chest, unleashes a brutally powerful chemical pepper irritant. The attacker's forced to back off, Couple escapes safely. No bullets fired, no life lost. I own one of these things. I own one of these for the protection of my family, and you should too. 
Go to Hero2020.com and use the code JESSE and get a special discount on yours today. That's Hero2020.com, code JESSE. Remember, state law restrictions may apply. Jesse Kelly. Back soon. It is the Jesse Kelly Show, still alive, playing hurt tonight. Let's not forget. If, if Look, before we get to your phone calls, 877-377-4373. Yes, we fixed the phones. I'm sure Chris had screwed something up. So if you called before, feel free to call back, 877-377-4373. If you want to extend some sympathy for me because I got this huge mosquito bite, right below my ankle, right before the show, and I'm playing hurt tonight. If you want to extend some sympathy before you get to your point, that's fine. I understand that. Like I I consider myself a warrior, really, at this point in time. What, Chris? I consider myself a warrior. Now, in all seriousness, we just had an email from a guy, corrections officer, says a bunch of his buddies are going to do the same. He's, of course, going to get forced on the vaccine, and so he's retiring. Instead, he's quitting. But man, 19 years on the job. 19 years on the job. And you're seeing all these numbers coming out now of hospital staff, of cops, of United Airlines. Almost 600 people just got fired by United Airlines. Military personnel, over 90,000. What what kind of barbarians are we? Because they didn't take a vaccine, which is weird because I distinctly remember a year ago, this is about a year ago exactly, this montage came out of Democrats saying this about the vaccine. I think it's going to be a very skeptical American public about taking the vaccine, and they should be. We can't trust the president uh, and take his word and take a vaccine that might cause harm to us. If and when the vaccine comes, and it's not likely to go through all the tests that needs to be and the trials that are needed to be done. Let's just say there's a vaccine that is approved and even distributed before the election. Would you get it? Well, I think that's going to be an issue for all of us. When we finally do, God willing, get a vaccine, who's going to take the shot? Who's going to take the shot? We will need to have access to the vaccine results so we can make our independent assessment to make sure that Donald Trump's uh, fingerprints are not on it. You can be the first one to say, put me, sign me up. They now say it's okay. Is the vaccine safe? Uh, Frankly, I'm not going to trust the federal government's opinion. And I wouldn't recommend to New Yorkers based on the federal government's opinion. And the question of whether it's real when it's there, that requires enormous transparency. Would you trust that vaccine? There's very little that we can trust that comes out of Donald Trump's mouth. And a year later, they're firing everyone. They're firing people. These are real people. Not just this email. I mean, obviously that matters a lot to me, but they're firing people. We told pilots and stewardesses, go home now. What? How many years on the job? We're telling tip of the spear military guys, go home. You're done. What? Healthcare workers? Healthcare workers who were, we were just told were the heroes of America. Now it's go home, unvaccinated swine. Monstrous, man. Absolutely monstrous. 
All right, I'm going to go back to the phones because they're fixed now. Remember, no hi, no how are you. Get right to the point. If you want to extend some sympathy about my mosquito bite really quickly, that's fine too. Don't shake your head, Chris. First, let's go to Lorraine in Bridgeport, Connecticut. Go, Lorraine. I'm 63 years young. I don't believe in the vaccine. I don't believe in putting anything foreign in my body. What I don't understand is why Congress doesn't have to have the vaccine. They must know something about the vaccine that they're not letting the American people know. And as far as I'm concerned, I can't believe anything that Joe Biden says, but I can't and will always believe Donald Trump. I wear a mask because I have to go grocery shopping. But as soon as I hit the door, that mask comes off. And he would be so, so surprised how many people are looking at me that wearing a mask outside. And I'm waiting for just one of them, just one, to say something to me about the mask, <laughs> not wearing a mask. I'm going to tell them where they could put that mask where the sun doesn't shine, just like you. I don't believe in the government telling me what to do, when to do, and how to do it. Next thing they know, they're going to be telling you when to take a pee and when you can't take a pee. Lorraine, I love you. You, you and me, you and me, we would get along just fine. Real quick before I let you go, say door for me one more time. Say what now? The word door, D-O-O-R. Door. <laughs> I love that accent. You're the best. Thank you, Lorraine. You call into my show anytime. <laughs> I love those Northeastern women are fierce sometimes, man. I dig it. Leonardo in Jersey. Go. Leonardo, go. Oh, Jesse, thank you for and your sons for shotgunning those uh, communist doves last week. You are welcome. And protecting America from the displacement of our population. You are welcome. It was our honor to defend this nation on your behalf, Leonardo. It was our honor. Those doves will never take your liberty, not while me and my boys are out there on the hunt. Mark in Pennsylvania says I'm missing the big picture. Go, Mark. Yeah, well, I agree with everything you say. However, you're missing the big picture. The 2020 election was rigged, in my opinion. They're, they're already trying to fix the 2022 midterms, and they're going to fix the 2024 election. So how do you answer to that? Well, let's let's stop on this for just a second. I'll get back to your calls. 877-377-4373. I'm going to get on this for a second because he's not not wrong. All right. What he just said was not in any way misplaced about the elections and we're worried about the elections and what, what happened in Georgia and what happened in Arizona. And we just had an audit in Arizona and it looks really bad. And let me clarify. There are two different approaches here. There are two different things we have to think. One. We have to assume Democrats cheat in elections. That's not some wingnut conspiracy theory thing. Democrats have always cheated in elections. They've always known uh, that you need to get to the ballot box in some way to ensure <clears throat> you're going to win. That's standard dirty politics. That's the norm. We have to assume because of the mail-in voting, they're going to ramp up the cheating. Okay, they are. There's a reason they just solidified it in California. Up, universal mail-in voting. We know why. At the same time, we have to be aware of it. We have to attack that problem so they can't again. But we cannot do this absolutely suicidal thing I see from the right and saying, I'm not voting the rigged anyway. Well, then we're screwed. We can't do that. We have to keep going out there and at least acting like they're, they're normal. 
until they're proven beyond a shadow of a doubt not normal. And God forbid we ever get to that place. All right, crazy anarchist Michael Malice next, then your phone calls. Hang on. I hate him so much. I just, I hate him so much. Joining me now, Michael Malice, author of The Anarchist Handbook, and his show is your welcome, and all that stuff is really good. Michael, why this music? What is wrong with you? Because you're so angry, and it might be good for you to lighten up sometimes, Jesse. <laughs> I'm not angry. I am not angry. You're Calm what down. makes you're me angry. Tuck, you're hysterical. Calm down. You need a mitol. <laughs> you know the reason I'm angry? It's you. All right, you generally put a sunny, sunny face on things. I should let you know I've been the one doing that all night. I think they are in deep trouble, the bad guys, because Joe Biden yes. has sucked so bad. I think the country's starting to wake up a little. What say you? Uh, yeah, it's, it's very simple. Joe Biden had no support within the Democratic Party. He lost Iowa. He lost New Hampshire. Kamala Harris was another debacle. She didn't even make it to Iowa, despite all the press acclaim for her as a person and despite doing very well in terms of fundraising. So their whole focus was, we got to get rid of Trump. We got to get rid of Trump. We got to get rid of Trump. They got rid of Trump, but this is who they were stuck with. And as, as I've said before, and I'm sure you agree, this is a lot what conservatives would have felt like if in 2012 Mitt Romney had been elected and they'd be all excited that they got rid of Obama and then Mitt Romney started governing as Mitt Romney and they'd be like, oh crap, what do we sign up for? So it's no surprise that he's a complete hack, a complete creature of Washington, a total corporate drone. And the Democrats, who are very ideological, the base especially, are going to be sorely disappointed. Plus, they're so insane they really think they have leverage with someone like Joe Manchin, which President Trump, I think, carries like 70 percent, an insanely mm -hmm. high number. So why do they think they'd have leverage with the West Virginia voters who condemn and despise everything that must, most, most of the Democratic Party stands for? It makes no sense. You know what makes no sense to me is how Manchin continues to get elected there. Because you're right. I mean, West Virginia, while it had been blue, Obama's idiot. Uh, I mean, I was about to say something really mean. Obama is the one who turned that state into a reliably Republican state for their foreseeable future. And yet Manchin keeps pulling it off there. How? Well, because a lot of times voters aren't ideologues and they tend to like a per like Reagan is a good example of this. A lot more people liked Reagan than his specific policies. So West Virginians trust Joe Manchin. I don't blame them for trusting him because he does buck the trend. He does govern from a Republican perspective many times, and they like to see that. And he has to do that. Otherwise, he'd be toast. Look at Alabama, right? Doug Casey tried to govern as a somewhat moderate Democrat, and he got his but handed to him when he came up for a full Senate election. So uh, Manchin doesn't really have much of a choice. But I honestly think this is what he thinks. You know, if you're from West Virginia, you're not going to be obsessed with having trans people in the military fighting in Kabul. Okay, explain. Uh, charisma is such a hard thing to explain. And, and you're very good at this as, as far as having it, but some people do not. Kamala Harris has none of it. And, I mean, Joe Biden actually has some. She has none. And I can't explain why. I joke about it, but she genuinely is a pretty good-looking woman, especially for a U.S. senator. She speaks well. She's Like, everything should be there, and yet she has no likability at all. Why? What's missing? Because there's a complete um, disconnect between her affect and the questions she's asked and the things she says. 
you know, she very much when she's like um, trying to act serious, it's like someone's aunt when you're a kid where, you know, they're trying to act serious for behalf of mom and dad, but they don't really mean it. Like everything about her just reeks of insincerity and, and just saying things for the sake of saying things. She's a stupid catchphrase over and over that don't resonate with the audience. It just all seems very uh, phony and rehearsed. And you can't blame her. She's a cop. You know, so when you, it's the same thing that we saw in that um, rally earlier this year when it, it was very obvious that the feds were in that crowd, the, the, you know, in redemption of January 6th. Yeah, she's trying to pass as just like someone who you'd work with. But underneath that, there's the uh, sinister veneer of a police officer. OK, Let, as, as everyone can hear, this is Michael Malice's anarch street, anarchist streak coming out. He despises police officers. Michael, please elaborate on why you hate cops. I like cops. Okay, how much money would Gretchen Whitmer have to pay you to tell someone they can't see their dying mother in the hospital? Uh, there's not an amount of money. Right. So what would you think about a person who does gets paid to do that? Are they a good person? Well, they do a lot more than deny people the ability to go see their grandmother in the I hospital. I noticed you didn't answer my question. <laughs> that's, that's, well, that's different. Okay, look. Are the, do yeah, so, co- no, why are you changing the subject? How much money would Andrew Cuomo have to pay you to tell a little girl that she has to shut down her lemonade stand? I wouldn't do it. Yeah, you know why? Because you have a conscience, unlike every police officer. That's, see, that's, see, this is where you get this wrong. This is where you get this wrong. It's not every police officers. Are there a bunch of bootlicking losers? No question about it. There's also a bunch of warriors out there who are actually going after bad people. A lot of them. Yeah, on, tel- on, on television and the movies. Oh, but in gosh. reality, they're not going after anyone because if the cops did their job of uh, keeping an apron safe, there wouldn't be bad guys to go after to begin with. Where did you whenever learn? you have a gov- whenever you have a government monopoly on any service or product, it result- results in se- scarcity, rationing and shortages. You know this perfectly well. This is exactly why we don't have a government monopoly on health care, because that would mean mass deaths and mass disease. Same thing when the government has a monopoly on security. It results in crime. It results in strife and it results in people feeling uncomfortable around each other. But do, why, the government doesn't have a monopoly. By the way, we're speaking to Michael Malice. He's the host of Your Welcome and author of The Anarchist Handbook. They don't have an, uh, a monopoly on security. I have plenty of weapons. I know you're a native Texan now for about 15 minutes. I know you probably have one by now, too. They don't have a monopoly on safety and security and force. Tell that to Kyle Rittenhouse. Tell that to all the people who were trying to protect their businesses during the rioting and the police who uh, stood down where, where at the same time when people are trying to open their businesses, they're the first ones there to put them in handcuffs or their gyms or things like that. There is no law so obscene that the police would not be willing to enforce it up to and including the murder of innocent children. Now, changing gears, the vaccine stuff. The mandates, obviously we have new, now they're announcing vaccines for kids, 5 to 11. I have tried a million different ways to unblue in the face to get through to people that this is never going to end. Michael, is it going to end? Uh, It will end when the costs outweigh the benefits for them. And I would like to point out to people, put on your tinfoil hats because they are getting Americans ready to inject their children with hormones if the parents uh, disagree. Because this is the first and necessary step to getting people ready for that idea that it's acceptable for authority figures to inject things into their children, despite what their parents might want otherwise. Whether by design or not, this is certainly a step in that direction. Okay, look, I I, I can't say you're a crazy person for that, but I, that's going to result in people getting shot. I, I, parents, parents, even 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 the lemmings of this society, many of the lemmings of this society would draw a line at their children, right? 
Uh, and how many people did Andrew Cuomo kill? How many elderly people did he kill? 15,000 no plus. Yeah, no one did anything about it. How many people were not allowed to see their parents' funeral? No one did anything about that. You are way too optimistic about the willingness of Americans to fight back in this day and age. Or uh, you're underestimating, maybe I am as well, the costs. Because the state, we saw with January 6th, what they did to people, keeping them for months without charges, uh, they would certainly bring down hell and earth on anyone who tried to fight back on this pet issue of theirs. Is this ever become an election loser for them? It wasn't last time. We want it to be, but it's not. I don't think it will be because it's because uh, it, the, the people who are running would be in the states where this is popular and the people who are against it would be running in the states where it's unpopular. I think it, what's really going to happen is if this uh, finance bill goes down, which uh, this budget bill, which looks almost certain like it's going to happen, things are really going to get bad because then a lot more Democrats are going to start jumping ship. And they have no votes to spare, not even one in the Senate. And they've got like five to spare in the House. Michael Malice, everybody, go watch his stuff. I told you he was sharp, even though his music sucks. Michael, thank you, brother. Oh, it's a pleasure, Jesse. Bye-bye. New York, New, uh, North Carolina hospital system fires 175 workers in one of the largest mass terminations due to the vaccine mandate. We'll get to your emails and take your calls next. 877-377-4373. We're going to talk about it. You're listening to The Jesse Kelly Show. You're welcome. It is The Jesse Kelly Show on a Wednesday. I'm pretty sure new guy Michael is dieting and he's lying about it. He's, they were talking about food and stuff over there, and he says, I'm not dieting. Or did you see he's tracking his micronutrients? I don't even know what a micronutrient is. I'm tracking. I'm just not drinking for a month, and I'm tracking my micronutrients. Everyone knows the best way to lose weight is coffee and cigarettes, man. Gosh, jeez. Grow up. This is America. <laughs> All right, enough, enough. We're focusing on sad stuff right now. Oh, forget it. Let's go to the phones real quick. Linda in New York. I hope you have a New York accent, Linda. Go. The last time these liberal lunatics really pissed me off was 10-4-20. I did the only thing a 10 could do. I threw a parade, and it was awesome. It felt so naughty. Happy early 97th birthday, Daddy. You are my hero. Thank you for your service to our country. Hope you enjoy the homemade baked mac and cheese with bacon, loads of Velveeta and butter, crunchies on top. Shut up, Chris. God bless. I love you, Linda. That was awesome. <laughs> that lady was awesome. I mean, maybe she had one or two. Who cares? I love her. See these new, these Northeastern women, I'm telling you. I'll get to your other calls here in just a second. I promise I'd get to some emails first. Jesse, I'm a retired police officer. My wife is a retired teacher. We're both independents because until there were limited terms enacted, there will be limited integrity on either side of the aisle. I will not reelect a president who continues to lie and say, not that I can recall, I will not vote for a former president who got things done but who has no moral compass. I would actively support Ron DeSantis because he's not a dinosaur, believes in the Constitution, and places policy above politics. I'm out. Oh, I'll be honest with you. 
the DeSantis Donald Trump relationship is going to be a fascinating one to keep your eyes on going forward. And this is what I mean. Donald Trump is a lot of things. Donald Trump is not exactly one to shy away from the spotlight. He enjoys the spotlight. I, I've gone to see him speak. We went to a, a huge rally when he came here in Houston. I've talked to you about it before, and I've never I've been to a million political rallies. I've spoken at a bunch of them. I've never been to anything like that before. It was like a rock concert or, or a college football game. There was tailgating. The women were dressed to the nines. It was it was it was it was like an event. It was like an event. And Donald Trump got up there, and he was 70-some years old, 72, 73 at the time. I left after an hour and a half because he was still going, and I had to get home and eat dinner. He was still going. And it's my understanding he went for another half hour. That's not easy. If you're doing that, you enjoy it. So Donald Trump enjoys it. Donald Trump enjoys the limelight. Donald Trump, I believe, I do not know him personally, by the way. I know people around him very, very well. I do not know him personally, so I don't want to act like I do. I believe Donald Trump believes 100% that he won that election and that he got screwed out of that election. Donald Trump believes that all the way. And look, look, we can't necessarily say he's some nutball with everything that's coming out here. It looks really bad, and it looked really bad that night. There's a... There's something about getting cheated out of a win. It's one thing to lose. Okay, that's that sucks. It's another thing to feel cheated. You get this feeling like you have to go back. You have to get revenge. You have to do it again. There's there's that feeling. So I've always thought Donald Trump was not going to run. I still think he will not run, but I won't be shocked if he does. Which brings us to Heavy D. Brings us to Ron DeSantis. Current governor of Florida, everybody listening to me right now, everybody listening to me right now knows exactly who Heavy D is, and he has been killing it, absolutely killing it. He very much understands the base. He's been pretty good on coronavirus. Wasn't that great in the beginning? He's been really good ever since. He's bold. He doesn't let the press push him around. He appears to pick his pick his targets a little more than Trump did when it came to who he blasted away. It appears to be more controlled. That a good way to put that, Chris? It appears to be more controlled. Ron DeSantis is intriguing a lot of people. But I don't care what you say. I don't care who your preferred candidate is. He's not going to beat Donald Trump, and I don't, I don't think he would even try to beat Donald Trump in a primary. Now, I don't want to tippy-toe around this thing, full disclosure where I am. I think it's time for something new. I think it's time for somebody we haven't had before. It's not an insult to Trump, who I think is one of, if not the greatest presidents of my lifetime, four years or not. I think there is time for something new. I think the people are ready for something new. And I think with this threat we have, I think we have to be even smarter than we were before. Not weaker, not at all, and in many ways tougher, but I think we have to be smarter than we were before, especially when it comes to personnel decisions, because we have a lot to unpack right now. Did you see this from the CDC? The Center for Disease Control? They're implementing a study on gun violence after labeling it a public health interest and aiming to craft swift interventions as they have done to contain the coronavirus pandemic and other national emergencies. 
The communists are surrounding us using all the government institutions. They are something to be feared right now. We can't, we can't afford to be dumb. We don't have time for dumb. All right? Kathleen in New York, please tell me you have an accent. Kathleen, go. I, I do. I'm from Long Island, New York. Yes, ma'am. Oh, awesome. <laughs> go ahead. You have an old Mississippi accent that you got to go with New York. <laughs> go ahead. Listen, I'm new new listener. I love a new show. I hate Biden. I go around the house saying I hate Biden like a thousand times a day. My family thinks I'm nuts. Mm-hmm. But the problem is I got the, I got the shot months ago. I'm not going to get the booster. I think this natural immunity is a real thing, and they, people don't need the shot. That's my opinion. Appreciate you, Kathleen, and your accent. All right, we'll get to some more phone calls, 877-377-4373 in just a minute. But we're going to talk about the CDC and guns, and we're going to talk about what's coming next, vaccines for your kiddos. Hang on. Jesse Kelly show, and yes, we still have a whole hour left. Don't worry, don't worry. Yeah, I'm, I, I might even get back to the Millie stuff. I do need to probably hit the Obama stuff really quickly before I get to the vaccines for kids and all this other stuff. Remember what we were talking about earlier in the show, and if you miss any part of the show, the whole thing's available on iHeart, Google, Spotify, and iTunes. On iTunes, leave a five star rating. Leave a review talking about how handsome I am. <laughs> There's a lot of them on there. But we were talking about political capital and timing and how Nancy Pelosi and Joe Biden, and they might get this $3.5 or trillion dollar monstrosity through. They might, but they're having a really hard time right now because they waited too long. And Joe Biden is so unpopular that he's not somebody people want to be associated with. In fact, he's somebody people appear to be running away from. Here's Barack Obama in a sit-down interview with ABC basically dogging on Joe Biden's border policies. On the one hand, we are naturally a, a people that wants to help others. At the same time, we're a nation state. We have borders. The idea that we can just have open borders is something that uh, I think, as a practical matter, is is unsustainable. Yikes. Don't think that was just an off offhand remark. Barack Obama, for all his flaws, and I despise the man, Barack Obama is a crafty devil. Barack Obama didn't say that. Just, oh, whoops, can't believe that came out. Barack Obama said that on purpose. That was a, hey, don't associate me with this Joe Biden policy stuff. When they're running away from you, you're in deep trouble. When people don't want your approval, in fact, they don't want to be associated with you, you are in trouble. Now, Malice brought up earlier, Michael Malice. He was on about 40 minutes ago if you missed it. it was, it's worth t- tuning into. Download the podcast if you missed it. Michael Malice was bringing up, brought up kids. Here's the headline. COVID news. Vaccines for kids 5 to 11 
now expected before Thanksgiving, a federal official says. Five to 11. Kids are not in any significant danger from coronavirus. None. Zero. You can look at the CDC's own data. You can look at the CDC's data. They're not in danger from coronavirus at all. Why are we creating a vaccine for them? Well, here, maybe this will help you understand. Dr. Fauci, maybe you've heard of him. He just sat down with The Atlantic, and this is from the post-millennial. This is a direct quote from Dr. Fauci. It's likely for a real complete regimen, he's talking about about vaccine regimen, that you would need at least a third dose. Are you finally ready to admit what's happening? I mean, I understand when I come on here and I tell you they're never going to let you go. This has nothing to do with coronavirus. In fact, it pretty much never has. This is all about power and money and control. And no matter what you do, they're never going to let you go. I understand that is a bitter pill for a lot of people to swallow. And a lot of people simply won't get there. But they're never going to let you go. Never. This thing has been wonderful for all these people. It's been wonderful for Joe Biden, for Democrats, for Dr. Fauci. It's been wonderful for Gavin Newsom. It's been wonderful for Pfizer and Johnson and Johnson and Moderna. This thing has been wonderful for virtually everybody except for the American who wants to remain free. There is no point you're going to get to. 8,000 booster shots. And, uh, can, I, can I vaccinate my unborn child? There's no point you can get to where they're finally going to look around and say, all right, ugh. I think we've lorded our power over them enough. Let's back off, guys. Let's, let's back off. They don't think in those terms. These people are sick monsters. And I, 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 don't, I don't take pleasure in saying that. The people leading our nation are sick monsters with not an ounce of patriotism in them. Remember, the people who lead all of our cultural institutions, every one of them, they all share the same three characteristics, all of them. One, no love of country. Oftentimes it's hatred of the country, but there's no love of country at all. Nobody, not Millie, not Biden, not your favorite athlete, not your favorite professor, but none of them operate from a standpoint of what's best for America. They would never even consider, it would never even enter their mind to consider what was best for America. They don't care. That's one. Two, they have no connection to the real world. They live in a bubble, an academia bubble, and then a government bubble, and then a D.C. or New York City bubble, and they have they just are so disconnected from real normal people and how normal people think. And three, They all believe they should rule over you. And I don't mean just be your political leader, be your president or senator. I mean kings and queens type stuff. They believe you are a lesser human being and they are above you and they should rule over you. And when you understand all three of those things about these people, everything else makes sense. Of course they're going to produce vaccines for 5 to 11-year-olds even though they're not at any risk. And guess what's coming next? A requirement. They're going to require your 5 to 11-year-old to get a vaccine. You're going to be required at several 
schools, especially in the blue states across the country. They're still working on the airlines. Don't think they've forgotten about this vaccine uh, requirement, vaccine passport on the airlines. It's coming next. Do you think they're honestly going to put out a vaccine for 5 to 11-year-olds and for the first time during this pandemic say, you know, it's up to you. We're just, we're, we understand you're a parent. It's up to you. We want you to be in charge of your child. These people don't think that way about your child. That's how you think about other people's kids. How do they think about your children? Don't take it from me. Take it for the guy running for governor in Virginia. Also take them off the shelves. And I'm not going to let parents come into schools and actually take books out and make their own decisions. You vetoed it. So... Yeah, I stopped the bill that I don't think parents should be telling schools what they should teach. I don't think parents should be telling schools what they should teach. They say the quiet part out loud all the time. When will people start listening? They don't have any desire to leave you with even a tiny bit of freedom. They believe they should rule over every part of your life including your children. The people on the left in this country, they are genuinely aghast that parents, they want to get involved in their child's education. They're horrified by the very thought of that. How sick are these people? But they are sick. They're sick with the disease, and it's called communism. All right, Stella in Westchester, New York, go. So, Jesse, a couple things. I totally agree with you about DeSantis. I think, as much as I like Trump, but I really think we need new blood, fresh blood. He would be he would be great. I mean, probably not 100% perfect, but, you know, no one is. But I think that's fantastic. I agree with you. He'd be great to run. That's number one. I think number two, um, as far as when, you know, these people will stop uh, with these vaccine uh, mandates, I agree with you, and I've been telling everybody who will listen, they never will. It's going to be like a yearly thing, like the the flu shot. You know, they're going to make it a yearly thing because it's all about, like you said, money, greed, and power. Money, greed, and power. And, you know, it's never enough for them. And sadly, most of, well, a lot of people in this country just, you know, follow along like sheep. And I have to get my third boost. This is what I'm hearing now from people. I have to get my third booster. Mm, mm, I look mm. at them and shake my head. You know, the doctor said I need a third booster. I, I just, you know what? I, I, I don't even say anything because I have. No, she's not wrong. She's not wrong. We're up against the commercial break. She's not wrong. I hear it all the time, too. I, I, I see it all the time. I've already got my third booster scheduled. I've got to get my booster. Come on. Come on, can't you see now what it is? And again, I don't care if you get the vaccine. I, I, I don't care. Go get the vaccine if you're worried about coronavirus and, and you trust the vaccine. But can't you see the game? You even have Fauci out there saying now, well, I mean, you're not really vaccinated unless you've had the third one. They're never going to stop because they don't have any incentive to stop. All right, we're going to rip on Millie again, and I'll take some more phone calls, 877-377-4373. But let's talk about something good. Let's talk about Giza Dream Sheets from MyPillow. You see, Mike Lindell at MyPillow, he takes so much time when he designs these products. It's not an accident. Everybody talks about the Giza Dream Sheets. The best ever. They're so soft. I can't believe it. 
they take time to make these things, to design these things. And it's from the world's best cotton, Giza. And remember this. All my pillow products come with a 60-day money-back guarantee. You don't have to take my word for it. Go get them. Try them. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener specials because there's a deal right now. For a limited time only, they're buy one, get one free with the promo code JESSE. MyPillow.com, radio listener specials, use the promo code JESSE, and they're buy one, get one free. Or... Just call if you're on the road, 800-845-0544. Give them the promo code JESSE. Enjoy both sets of Giza Dream Sheets. Is he smarter than everyone? Who knows? Does he think so? Yeah. The Jesse Kelly Show. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. I'll get to your emails in just a second, but I saw this headline, and I've got to tell you, I may be rethinking my position on vaccines. The headline is, COVID could cause restless anal syndrome. Um, Medics who reported the case in Japan described it as deep anal discomfort. Okay, what? The Japanese doctors describe, you know what, I'm going to stop saying the words. it's gross. Restless leg syndrome, also known as Will- Willis-Eckbaum disease, is a common condition affecting the nervous system. It's thought to affect up to 1 in 10 people. Apparently this, um, apparently this is a different version of that. And, oh, does it sound like a pain in the rear end? <laughs> I'll be here all night. I'll be here all night. All right, we're moving on. <laughs> Jesse, awesome show at Insights. I'm 62 years old, American living in Asia, specifically in Indonesia. Listen to your show via the podcast. Living overseas gives a unique perspective on the USA and has made me more conservative. Says I can use his name. His name is Steven. How about that? Indonesia. Indonesia sounds really cool. I've never been there. It may be a total dump, but it sounds super cool. Absolutely cool. I don't, I don't do research on things. All right, I went to. We didn't have geography at my community college. All right, <laughs> Oracle. Do you think the system is setting Joe Biden up for a fall? George Stephanopoulos pressed Biden on advice he received to leave twenty five hundred troops in Afghanistan, which coincidentally was just very specifically confirmed by the generals under oath during the recent congressional hearings. Says it's okay to use his name. His name is David. Possibly. I will tell you, I had that same thought. Why was George Stephanopoulos Stephanopoulos so adamant when he pressed Joe Biden? Remember when he pressed Joe Biden? Do we have that audio of George Stephanopoulos pressing him? When he pressed Joe Biden about the 2,500 troops, he didn't do the thing all these nutball liberal journalists do, which is kind of ask it once halfway and allow the lie to come out and then just move on. He actually, for a brief moment, was a real journalist. And he pressed him on it. He pressed him hard on it. Listen to this. Your top military advisors warned against withdrawing on this timeline. They wanted you to keep about 2,500 troops. No, they didn't. It was split. That, that, that wasn't true. That wasn't true. They didn't tell you that they wanted troops to stay? No, they didn't argue against that. So no one, no one told your military advisors did not tell you, no, we should just keep 2,500 troops. It's been a stable situation for the last several years. We can do that. We can continue to do that. No, no one said that to me that I can recall. Okay, that's three questions by my count. Really trying to pin him down and getting him to admit, 
Um, okay, so they didn't say that. They did say it. What did they say? And he wouldn't let him, you know, Biden tried to mealy mouth out of the answer. And then Millie, Millie gets up in front of Congress and Millie says, uh, I gave him advice and told him to leave people there. Uh, General McKenzie, uh, isn't it true that the president rejected your best military opinion and advice as to how quickly to withdraw American troops from Afghanistan? Well, I will say this. It has been my view that we should have, that we, that I recommended a level of 2,500, a level that would have allowed us to hold Bagram and other airfields as well. Once you go below that level and make a decision to go to zero, it is no longer feasible to hold Bagram. But that was your best opinion and advice. That was, that remains my view now as it was then. And this looks bad because this looks bad for Joe Biden. And people are asking, like David did here in the email, are they setting himself up for failure? I wouldn't put it past them. I don't know about setting him up for failure. Maybe they did. Maybe they didn't. It does look suspect when it comes to that. But like I, like I was talking about earlier when it comes to this big $3.5 trillion build back better thing, that they may pass. They may end up passing it. I pray to God they don't, but they might. Why would it fail? Joe Biden is not popular. He's not popular. When you're not popular in politics, you don't get the things you want. And if you become unpopular enough, you may just get tossed out by your own people because you become a liability. A liability. Joe Biden may have already been there. He may have already crossed that line of becoming a liability. Joe Biden may be so toxic to his party that the system is getting ready to try to purge him. They won't use the same methods they use with all that impeachment stuff and whatnot to purge Trump, but maybe they are setting himself up for horrific failure. Maybe they are. Because look, everyone in the country is not as far right as you are. Everyone in the country is not as far right as I am. I'm not naive. I understand that. But there are things that that Joe Biden simply cannot run away from right now. They look really bad for him. The border looks really bad for Joe Biden. Afghanistan, you heard Selena Zito from Wednesday. I suggest you go download it if you – or wait, from Monday. From Monday, you heard Selena Zito on the show. You can go get it on the podcast when she was talking about, hey, uh, middle America, not far right-wingers, normal middle America, they're really, really mad about Afghanistan, and they're mad specifically at Joe Biden about it. They're mad at Joe Biden about it. I think you're going to see from here on out because Joe Biden, it's not as if it's not as if he has the ability, the physical and mental ability to turn this around. I mean, they've been doing the weekend at Bernie's thing with him for for a long time now. He doesn't it's not like he Joe Biden has the mental faculties to walk in and have a big staff meeting tomorrow. All right, everybody be there at 8 a.m. or you're all fired. And he's going to sit them all down and stand up in front of the conference table and say, we're doing a change of direction here, and we're changing our messaging here. And you know what? We're going to get we're going to get something done on the border, and we're going to do that. He doesn't possess the physical ability or mental ability to do that now. So this ship isn't going to turn around. And you might say to yourself, well, okay. But the people who are making decisions, they will. No, they won't either. They don't have any incentive. If we're talking about somebody like Susan Rice or Ron Klain, his chief of staff, remember this. Remember, 
they're going to be fine. If Joe Biden is a one-term loser who gets escorted out after two or three years and they hand him a pack of Werther's Originals on the way out the door, Susan Rice isn't going to go from there to the poorhouse. She's going to go to from there to be a, a, a professor at some Ivy League school and earn $500,000 a year. Ron Klain? Ron Klain will be giving speeches for $50,000 a pop at least on Wall Street. These people... They don't fail the same way we fail. There's nobody coming to save Joe Biden, so maybe they are just letting him go. 877-377-4373. I'll take some more next. Hang on. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. What is What is that song? Stone Temple Pilots. Oh, that was the, when Stone Temple Pilots got crappy. Let's go ahead and never play that song again on the show. That was terrible. You know what's a good song? Do we have Creep? Find Creep. Get me some Creep on the show. Yes, I'm going to get to your phone calls in just a second. I like music. Do we have Creep on there, Michael? Find me some. Play me Creep, man. I want to hear it. We can play it now. It's my show. We do whatever we want. We're waiting, Michael. We're with the new guy, Michael's on the horn tonight trying to figure this thing out. Let's go. Play it up. No, you don't want me to sing it? I'll sing it. I'll sing it right here. You know what? Forget it. If I don't get to sing it, turn it off. Then nobody gets to hear. Nobody gets to hear. All right, you know what? Pat in Jersey. Go, Pat. Yo. Um, well, hopefully you received the email that I was instructed to send to you. Um, it contains a pic- pictures of, quote, quarantine camps in Washington State that I received last night from relatives who lived there. Um, So there's a picture of the sign at the entrance of this, quote, quarantine camp. And and I was also sent a text by these relatives saying that um, they're being told that... um, uh, that everything is optional. It's just for people who need to get away from their high-risk family members. Um, I have heard uh, about this, Pat. You know, I have heard about this. Let me ask you a question, very important question. Yeah. If you have to go to a camp, who's the one celebrity, alive or dead, you would want to be roomies with? Go. <laughs> celebrity? Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I don't have any... Uh, okay, wait a minute, wait a minute. Ah, uh, gosh, what's his face? Uh, oh, gosh. Now I can't think of his name. Well, what movie anyway, was he in, Pat? Uh, you have to think about this. You're on the hook here in front of America. Oh, oh man, oh, man, oh, man. Um, who's the guy? Who's, who's the black star? He's like... Uh, Denzel Washington? Yeah, thank you. That's it. Denzel Washington. Yeah. Denzel Washington's a good pick. I support that. I support that. Good call, Pat. Good call, Pat. Fred... In Tennessee, Fred, you are on your way to a quarantine camp because you got COVID. Who's the celebrity, alive or dead, you're rooming with? Go, Fred. Okay, I guess that was a stump question. I guess John Wayne. Oh, that's such a great call. He's got a lot of experience. I don't know what he think today. Two things. One, to solve the border. That's quick, easy, and simple. The, the, second, the first thing, though, is... Biden's percentage is like 35 to 40% or something like that. 
That's what I hear. I would like to ask those 35 to 40 out of 100 people, give me a couple of good things that he's that Biden, your president, is doing. I'm I think Fred probably doesn't understand fully, and a lot of people do not realize how crazy 35 to 40 percent of this country is. 35 to 40 percent of your countrymen are full-blown communists. I want everybody to understand that. When you point out uh, some horrible, horribly destructive policy Joe Biden is doing right now, they're looking around at each other saying, yeah, good. They love it. We have generations of people who've been taught to hate the country. Jonathan, in Tennessee, you're in quarantine camp. Who's the alive or dead celebrity you're rooming with? Go. Um, Chip Booth for live and maybe Don Wells for a dead person. Okay. All right. I support it. All right. Go with your point. Uh, I just want to thank you for your comment last night about uh, the national divorce. That's something that I believe in. I think that's the only solution, and you're the only one saying it, so... uh, you're going to have to keep carrying that torch. I appreciate it, brother. I'll keep doing what I can do. Robert in New York, one celebrity, alive or dead, in quarantine camp, and you have to be roommates. Choose wisely. Go. Oh, well, um, Michelle Pfeiffer, for one thing. <laughs> <laughs> respect, Robert, respect. All right, go on with your point. Thank you for your service, sir, for this country that you served. I, I heard you earlier. Basically, earlier, you know, when Donald Trump won, the Hillary Clintons and the Barack Obamas, all the promises that they made to these foreign countries, it was a big shock to them. And like I told that nice lady that spoke to me on the phone earlier, um, now Selfie come on out and just said, hey, you're going to have at the tail end of your presidency uh, an epidemic and a pandemic that you don't even see coming. Well, the point I'm trying to make is, here's America. You know, we were so proud in such a land of the free. It's just amazing how we can get led by the nose so fast and so swift. And then we got our politicians peeing on our it is, it is, it is amazing. And, and to be honest, it, I've been very frank with you about this. It's been the most disheartening thing I've ex- one of the, the second most disheartening thing I've ever experienced in my life is watching the percentage of Americans just shrug their shoulders and go home when the government told them to go home. They got scared and they went and hit home. Chris is asking what number one. I've told everyone what number one is when we were invading Iraq. I was there for the initial invasion of Iraq. And we were taking our Amtraks. They're armored troop, uh, uh, troop carriers, basically. And we're going into Iraq. And it was very, very shortly after we got in there. It was We were a week or two into the war. And word got passed around that we were to take down our American flags off of the Amtraks. We were over there, patriotic, proudly fighting for this country. We would all have happily died for it. And we were told to fold up our American flags and put them away. That is the most disheartening and revealing moment of my life. But watching America react to COVID is number two. All right, Johnny, go. Hey there, it's three things. One, before 50, Shakira. After 50, Chesty Puller. Okay, fair enough. my 11-year-old daughter doesn't like Biden anymore. She was TikToking to believing Biden was a good thing. Now she knows he ain't. Three, Trump was the invasion at Inchon and the march towards the north. 
the COVID coming across the frozen Yalu. I guess the national divorce will be settled at the 38th parallel. You can explain that, Jesse. You're a history man. I can. He's talking about Korea. What he's talking about is, for people who don't, don't he probably went by a few people. Korea is one of those wars a lot of people don't understand. And, and for lack of a better, I'm just going to do the, simplify this as much as humanly possible. There was North Korea. There was South Korea. This was a divide that took place post-World War II because Japan had Korea before World War II. Japan had colonized it, and because it was Japan and they were a little <clears throat> rough around the edges back then, they weren't that kind about it. As soon as the war was over, there was Northern Korea, like I said, Southern Korea. North Korea was communist. Communists, again, communists never sit around and look around and think we've conquered enough. They wanted all of Korea. So they invaded South Korea, and they were winning. They basically had kicked the crap out of the South Koreans clear down to the sea, at which point we came rolling in heavy, and boom, we start hammering them back, and we push them clear back up into the north. At this point, we're back up in the north. We're in North Korea. And then Mao, who's running China at this point in time, Mao doesn't appreciate watching communists to his south get kicked around, certainly not by dirty American capitalists. So Mao sends in his people in waves, and I mean in waves, down south to push us back. So the whole thing ended up with a stalemate. And I mean, we don't talk enough about it. I should do another show on it one time about the conditions even the Chinese guys fought in. You know, our guys fought in brutal enough conditions. Those poor Chinese guys, Mao made those guys go do those charges, and half of them didn't even have weapons. It was freezing to death in the mountains, starving to death. It's a, Korea's an underrated affair. Underrated affair. All right, I'm, I'm going to get to a couple more of these. I need your quarantine celebrity buddy, and we'll get to headlines I didn't get to, 877-377-4373. But I tell you about Oxford Gold Group. Oxford Gold Group does it different than others. I mean, I, I just sent my father there. I told you that. I sent, I sent my dad there yesterday. He was looking around for gold. And I said, Dad, I, there's only one place to go. It's Oxford Gold Group. And on top of their customer service, the concept behind it is what's so great. They're not giving you a piece of paper saying you've got some gold somewhere. I mean, if all this stuff goes down in flames, what good is that going to do you? You're going to spend that at the gas station? They send real gold to your front doorstep. Get some, please. Get some so you have something of tangible value. Call 833-995-GOLD and tell them Jesse told you to call. 833-995-GOLD. Oxford Gold Group will get real value delivered to your front door. 833-995-GOLD. Oxford Gold Group. For gold, you can hold. I've got an animal inside of me. This is Jesse Kelly. You're listening to The Jesse Kelly Show. It is. The Jesse Kelly Show, final segment. We're going to get to headlines I didn't get to here in just a second. And actually, I did okay today. I did okay today. I I feel like I have really tackled. I have done okay, Chris. I have tackled the hard issues. I am a man of the people. That's not true. I'm above the people. What? It's part of being an oracle. Jesse, imagine my surprise when I get a text from my brother in Texas asking me if I emailed the Jesse Kelly Show. I asked, how did he know? He said, listen to today's podcast. 
so great that he knew it had to be me. This is that lady who emailed us yesterday from Switzerland. I still have a hard time adjusting on the fact that so many people listen to the show. <laughs> All right. Dear Dr. Fuhrer of the phone lines, many guns, bangle cat killer, steel pink flower Kelly. I was raised by an entrepreneur father who didn't have a pot to you know what in. Guy busted his rear end to get where he was, taught me his values, and I hope to one day buy his business from him when he decides to hang it up. Conservative values guy, and he got me on to rush. I have a brother that is 19 months older than me, and he's gone off the rails. He is team pudding brain. I still can't to this day figure out how he got there. It's tough. We were tight all going growing up and through college. I love him to death despite his political views. Our relationship has lost the bond it once had, and it's eating at me. I'm optimistic he'll come around being pudding brain is doing so poorly. If Trump runs again in 2024, I feel that we'll grow further apart. I think this is the case of a lot of family relationships. What are your thoughts on this? Who should run? You can say my name. And he said, is this a joke? You're a monster and you'd never reply. Love the show. Keep doing what you're doing. Look, I don't like those stories. I, I'm, no, I'm not saying don't send them to me. I want to hear them. I want to hear what, you, what you're thinking. But that's so terrible. And I, I haven't had to go through that with my family. You know, I got vaccinated family members, unvaccinated family members. I, I don't, I just, we don't have, I guess the truth is though, I don't have any, I don't have any liberal family members. So maybe that's it, but we just don't go through that. And that sucks, man. That sucks. Family is so important and watching politics screw it up. I don't know what to say. It, communism is a religion, man. And these people, they do not set it aside even for brothers, even for sons, even for fathers. Remember this. Always remember. And the worst communist regimes out there, Soviet Union, East Germany, all of them, it was not the exception. It was the norm for parents to turn in their own children, children to turn on their parents. Husbands would turn in their wives. It's it's some kind of sick controlling religion that I can't totally explain, but Man, I hate hearing that stuff. AJ in Denver, who's your celebrity quarantine roommate, alive or dead, AJ? Probably um, Mrs. Trump, Melania. That's fair. You know what? That was going to be mine, too. I'm kidding. Go ahead, AJ. Yeah, well, you know, it'd be more fitting. I'd take her husband, except that, that, well, I would. Donald Trump, that would be a fabulous roommate. I'm I'm a Trump groupie. Anyway, uh, listen, my take... Um, on this firing people that refuse to take the shot. These are the strong people. These are people with a mind of their own, most of them probably quite experienced, good at what they do. They're leaving in masses, including, well, Denver's only got about 20%, I think, of the police force. Still, only is not minimal uh, from what I heard in the news recently. Anyway, uh, the, the first ploy is to get rid of these people because they're the strong ones. They're the ones that are going to give them a bit of a hassle. She's 100% right. That, that is, I, I've said this before. This is not an accident. She's 100% right. They're trying to get rid of people who think for themselves on purpose. That's why the military mandate, the vaccine mandate for the military was so brilliant. And what guys have you seen stepping up saying, I'm not doing it, I'm leaving it? It's been Navy SEALs. It's been Army Rangers. It's been our combat pilots. It's all these frontline guys, the, the hard guys who are walking away. They don't want a hard military. 
They don't want a strong military. They don't want a thinking military. They want a loyal military, as every communist before them has always done. Always, always, always. All right. Time for headlines I didn't get to. Pelosi could postpone Thursday infrastructure vote. You're going to see this a lot in the news over the next couple days. If you're the praying type, now's the time to pray. You really, really, really don't want this $3.5 trillion bill to pass. Did I mention to you that this bill allows the Biden administration to fine businesses $700,000 for noncompliance with the vaccine mandate? Yeah, that's just scratching the surface on the ugliness in this bill. Headline, clown shortage. There is an appeal for new recruits in Northern Ireland. Ireland. They don't have enough clowns. I've got to say, if you're a clown, that's fine. I really, really, really do not understand the motivation of people to put on face makeup and a nose and go perform in front of kids. It's got a real John Wayne Gacy feel to it to me. Headline, House Dems propose a $100 billion tax hike targeting the poor. You didn't actually think that this was going to be just for the rich, right? You don't think the rich actually get these tax increases and feel any of them? The rich just find ways to avoid them, and they find ways to pass them along. The, 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 most, the, the most idiotic position the left consistently takes is this, thinking they're going to get the rich, and the rich are just going to get this new tax on something, and they're going to shrug their shoulders and go, oh, well, Bob, I guess I'm just going to have to pay more. They don't think like that. They never do. You get it all. General Milley, Nancy Pelosi tried to undermine the nuclear chain of command. Well, like we talked about earlier, I'm sure she did. I have no doubt she did. But you're the chairman of the Joint Chiefs. Why do I have more finger pointing out of you? You're the one who called China. You're the one who did all this. All right, we're going to dig into all this again tomorrow. We're going to have a blast while we do it. Maybe we'll have more quarantine camp questions. I don't know. (laughs) Keep your chin up. We'll be back, all right? That's all.